Hey everybody, welcome back to the Sports Forecast. Today was the beginning of Season 2, Episode 1. And I was wanting to start off and talk, we'll talk about some NFL to, uh, news today. Um, I want to start off by getting into this new Pro Bowl, Pro Bowl um, I guess pretty much new Pro Bowl weekend they had. Um, talk about what all they did and, you know, talk about what I, my thoughts were on it. Um, apparently it started out on Thursday and, uh, from Thursday to Saturday, they had different events going on and everything was, you know, obviously split up AFC, NFC, and they had all these competitions worth so many points culminating in this one big flag, this one flag, the very last flag football game of the weekend. So there was no helmets, there was no hitting. It was all flag. It was flag football was the actual football being played. But you know, Thursday through Saturday, they had stuff like dodgeball and the long drive contest, a passing challenge, which they usually have this like some kind of passing thing. They usually have little things going on before the Pro Bowl, but then they have an actual football game. So. They had some of that this time, but this time it was all worth different points towards AFC or NFC. They had something called the lightning round where they had two or three different uh, challenges, you know, worth points. So, But then on Sunday, they had, um, during the week, they had this best catch challenge, and then the final was on Sunday. Um, they had a gridiron gauntlet, which had, you know, different athletes doing different kind of stuff. Um jumping over and under walls, you know, driving a sled, tire drill, that kind of stuff. Uh, they had this one called Move the Change. They had the the wall weighed 2,000 pounds, and it had a bunch of weights on the back of it that all together made the whole, the wall and the weights was 5,000 pounds, and you had six offensive or defensive linemen. And they strategized having to pull it like 15 yards. You had to pull the wall. That was kind of cool. They had this kick-tack-toe, which gave the kickers, long snappers, and punters something to do. That was kind of crazy. But I feel like as the years go on, if they keep this same kind of format going, it might get more interesting. Uh, really, the only people that hit anything were long snappers. The place kickers and the punters, they really didn't hit any targets. Um I enjoyed watching it. Uh, the flag football was cool. They had three different flag football games. The first two games were, well, in each in each of them were ten minute halves, running clock. And the first two games, they were each worth six points added to your score. And then after all of the stuff had come, after all the points had been come together, the two flag football games, all the other events. Whatever the final score was there, that's where they started when they did the final flag football game. And then whoever had the highest score won. Me, personally, I enjoyed it. Because for the last several years now, the Pro Bowl is kind of a joke. Because unlike basketball, where, yeah, there's no defense being played, but there's alley-oops, behind-the-back passes, crazy stuff like that. Which last year they made it worth more. So 
that defense actually started getting played in the second half of the All-Star game. So that's funner to watch. The MLB All-Star game, it's it's just a normal game just with all the studs. So that's a competitive game. But the, the Pro Bowl has just been weak the last few years, in my opinion. Nothing's happening. I mean, they're not they're in full pads, but they're not tackling each other. There's no kickoffs. There's no no. I mean, it's just it's it's weird. So for them to have a flag football game, it was more. It was a little more competitive. Yeah, they still weren't going full speed, but I think that'll get better in the years to come because what happened was it came down to the winning side. Every player on the winning side got eighty. 80, it was like $84,000 or something like that. And then every, and then everybody on the losing team got like $42,000. So there was a, so it was a big, you know, a big difference in money. So it became more competitive. Now I do, I did notice that not everybody were up to date on the rules. I think they had a set of rules. Then, you know, before the before Sunday, they kind of got together and worked out a few compromises on some of the rules. But I noticed that there was times where the commentators and the head coaches were all confused at what the refs were calling because it just, it was the first year. So there were going to be mistakes made and stuff forgotten, this and that. But still, I enjoyed watching this better than I did any Pro Bowl in recent in recent history because it's just very lame. Like, they'll throw a big pass, somehow catch it, and they'll kind of just touch them or they just won't play defense. It's just very weird. And you can't do a whole lot of crazy stuff in a football game. You can't alley-oop somebody for a dunk. You can't, when no defense is played, when you jabs, when you, you know, juke somebody, it doesn't look as good. At least in basketball, like I said, there's behind-the-back passes there's these cool trick shot layups. There's these alley oops. There's these big time dunks. Like, and like I said, even then the defense is getting better because it's actually worth more. Uh, I think they also are making money as well, and they've got money going towards charities and this and that. So it means more now. But the the football Pro Bowl was just very weak to me. So I enjoyed watching it. I wish the stuff Thursday through. Saturday were a little more accessible. I think you could watch it on NFL Network, maybe. But we got to miss, like, I didn't get to see the long drive and the dodgeball and this and that. But next year, I'll try to keep up with it better if they keep the same format. But I did notice, you know, Peyton Manning wasn't very happy with how the game was called and this and that, especially the third game and how it ended. Um, Some players like it. Some players didn't. I'm guessing a lot of the NFC players liked it because they won. But one of the AFC players and Josh Jacobs called it stupid. He said it was ridiculous. But he also threw a pick that kind of pretty much lost him the game. So in one of the games. So I, I can imagine he didn't enjoy it. But I enjoyed watching it this year. So in my opinion, I think they should keep doing something like that. Because it was pretty much flag football anyway. But they all had helmets and shoulder pads and all that crap on. But it was pretty much too in touch to begin with especially in recent years. So I applaud the NFL. I enjoyed watching it. It was kind of, it was cool. I just hope next year I can uh, see a little more of the stuff building up to that Sunday Pro Bowl day. Um, so, yeah, uh, you know, 
I have a feeling it's probably going to be split down the middle as far as who liked it, who didn't. But personally, I enjoyed it. But uh, keeping with football, uh, Super Bowl is coming up this Sunday. Um, Chiefs are in it again after their one-year hiatus. They've been, you know, Chiefs have been in it. Well, Chiefs have been in five straight AFC championships, so they've been playing some ball. They didn't make it uh, to the Super Bowl last year. Bengals took them out, but they're back at it this year facing the Philadelphia Eagles. Eagles haven't won it. You know, they've won it in recent history. I think they haven't won it since 2017. I think that was Nick Foles' year. I'll have to look into that, but they haven't won it you know, in five years, but, so they're back in it, um, I didn't see Jalen Hurts being as good as he has this year, but honestly, from top to bottom, the Eagles roster is probably one, probably top three, if not the best roster in all of NFL football, as far as offensively, their offensive line is great, they got, their, their quarterbacks had good quarterback play this year, defensive line has killed it, they've got playmakers, um, all over the field on offense, and they've got good depth in all three levels of the defense. So I'm not really surprised they made it here. Um, Chiefs, on the other hand, I'm not as I was. I didn't think they would make. I honestly had the Bills pulling it out this year, and especially I think right at the beginning of the year, the especially after getting rid of Tyreek and bringing in Juju Smith-Schuster, who hasn't done a whole lot. And then they bring in Sammy Watkins, I think. I mean, it kind of looked like a hodgepodge team to me. But it's when you have Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and you have a, a pretty good defense and a great pass rusher and Chris Jones, I mean, I'm guessing, you know, anything's possible. Um, they had some guys that I had not really heard much of, like um, what's his name? He's one of their running backs now um, who has been – Really, a, I, like I said, I've never heard of him before, but uh, Isaiah Pacheco, he's really picked it up, and Jarek McKinnon has been good. So they've been playing good, but, I mean, good enough to where they were first in the NFL in points per game at almost 30, first in the NFL at yards per play at six and a half. And then on the defensive side, you know, they're second in the NFL in sacks at 55, only behind the Philadelphia Eagles who ended up with 70 sacks. That's third overall in NFL history. So that was that was quite impressive. So they have a great defensive line. So, you know, if you just if you're just looking at, you know, stats and how this is going to play out, I think defense is Eagles have the better defense from top to bottom. The Chiefs to me have a pretty good defensive line, but then after that it kind of slowly gets worse as you get to the next level, to the next level. So I feel like their cornerbacks are going to have, their DBs are going to have a hard time trying to keep up with uh, Devontae Smith and um, A.J. Crap, let me, A.J. Brown, sorry. They're, I don't know why the Titans let him go, but, I know the Eagles are super stoked. I know Travis Kelsey, or uh, not Travis Kelsey, but Jason Kelsey was super stoked when he found out they got AJ Brown. So it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun game to watch. I think they 
like I was saying, well, the Eagles, you know, they're, like I said, their O-line is stacked. Their defensive line is stacked. They've got good, they've got good defense on all three levels. They play good, sound defense. So, it'll be, in my opinion, it'll be a good game. Um, also, the Chiefs are a little banged up. I, uh, they've got a lot of players that are, well, they just put uh, Miko Hardman, it just went to the IR. So, he's out for the Super Bowl. Juju Smith-Schuster, uh, he's been banged up with a knee. He's questionable. Uh, they're one of their DBs, uh, LeJarrius Sneed. He's got uh, questionable with concussion. Kadarius Tony ankle and hamstring questionable. Isaiah Pachenko, or Pacheco, Pacheco, his wrist, he's questionable. And you got Jarrett McKinnon, ankles, it says. He's questionable. So I'm guessing everybody who's questionable, they will play. But they've got a – oh, also Willie Gray Jr., another DB, his shoulder. So all these people that are questionable, they'll play. But it's at what capacity and what extent. Um, you know, is it nagging them or is it going to be easy to re-injure? And, of course, the biggest of all, Patrick Mahomes got that uh, – High ankle sprain in the AFC Championship. Pretty much played the whole second half on one foot. So, you know he's playing. There's no way he's not going to play. But, how how healthy is that ankle going to be? I mean, he's had two weeks to let it heal. Uh, you know, they did all the best. He got all the best treatment. So, I'm pretty sure he'll be, you know, 70 80%. But how long, especially with that defensive line of the Eagles, you know, 70 sacks this season, they're going to come after him because he's not as mobile. Now, lucky for him, he's he's good at making decisions. He's got crazy arm angles. So, I mean, he's still Patrick Mahomes, but he can't move like he has been. And I feel like they're going to send the house a lot and try to, try to uh, put hands on that quarterback and see if they can get him frustrated because he can't get out of the pocket like he usually does. So it, it'll be interesting to see. But the Eagles have a few players but banged up, but they're all questionable or probable. So looking like to me that the Eagles are going to have their full gamut of players. Um, and the Chargers are missing – the Chiefs are missing a lot of playmakers. Like I said, Hardman's not going to play. You got uh, – Kadarius Tony and Juju Smith-Schuster, there's two of your uh, big-time outside playmakers. Isaiah Pacheco and Jarrett McKinnon, there's your running backs. Uh, Edwards Elaire is back, but, you know, how well is he going to be? He's coming off an injury, so it's going to take a lot of heart and a lot of grit for the Chiefs. I'm taking the Eagles to win. I don't see... With the defense that they have and the injuries that the Chiefs have, I see them just slowly wearing them down. And I think the Eagles come away with a uh, Super Bowl this Sunday. So we'll see. But, you know, that's about all the NFL news I have. Um, I kind of want to transition over to the NBA All-Star game. Um, that's coming up. We've got we've, We know all the starters. We know all the reserves. We know some snubs. So, 
I just want to start off by saying that I I feel like we've got to do something with this. The way that the All-Stars are voted on. Because most of it is fan voting. And fans should definitely vote. But when you have when a majority of the fan vote is what counts to players making it to the All-Star game, it turns into just a popularity contest and not looking at the facts or the stats and how they're how they make their team go and you know, even if their stats aren't great, but if they're on the court, the plus minus is higher because they're playing. They might not have 20 points and 10 rebounds, but they might have 10 points, 7 rebounds, 7 assists, um, offensive rebounds, you know, moving the ball. Like, they they just do things that aren't necessarily blowing your mind on the stats. But with the fan vote, it's just, you know, everybody loves LeBron, which he is having a great season, so obviously he deserves to be in it and be a starter. Curry's playing good. Doncic's playing good. Jokic's playing good. Durant's playing pretty. Durant's playing good. Um, Giannis, of course. Jason Tatum, yes. Those starters should be starters. But I don't agree with Zion Williams being a starter. Yeah, let him make the All-Star team. But I don't think he's he's done enough to be a starter in my eyes. If you need a starting big man, I mean, look at. Sabonis. Sabonis has been playing great. Yeah, his stat line's not out of the roof, but he's doing everything. Everything. Um, I also don't believe that Kyrie Irving should be a starter. I think Joel Embiid should because Joel Embiid is the leading scorer in the NBA. Um, He gets rebounds. He's a big-time playmaker. He blocks some shots sometimes. I mean, he's playing great. And he's the leading scorer in the NBA, and he's not on the starting five. Um, Donovan Mitchell's playing good. His first year in the East, he's playing good. But I don't know if he's playing better than, let's say, a Jimmy Butler who didn't even make it or a, um, or a Pascal Siakam who's been playing great. He's carrying his team pretty much most nights. You know, um... So, it's things like that that kind of normally, like Kyrie Irving, his stat line isn't even as good as Trey Young's stat line. Trey Young's stat line is 27-10, and 10, and he didn't even make the All-Star team. Kyrie is pretty much a cancer to any team he goes to. Wants to trade, demanded to trade, got one yesterday. He's now a Maverick. But I guess he's still an Eastern starter because he was named that before he left. But his stat line ain't even as good as Trey's. And he's bringing his team everywhere he goes. He brings them down. Ever since he left Cleveland, everywhere he's gone has just gone downhill. So I don't agree with him even being an all-star, to be honest with you. But if he is, Joel should have his spot as a starter. But I think Trey Young, Jimmy Butler... And uh, Pascal Siakam, as far as the East goes, have been playing better than Kyrie Irving. But <sighs> that's just me. I wasn't a I wasn't a big fan of Paul George either making the roster for the West or Julius Randle. I feel like I said when you got these other people, um, like De'Aaron Fox and Devin Booker, who didn't make the Western Conference team, who I think they're 
their their stat lines are pretty close to as good as his, but they bring more to a team than Paul George has in the last couple of years because he stays injured, but he's a big name. He gets in. Julius Randle, yeah, he's playing pretty good, but his his team's worse than some of these teams that aren't don't did have players that didn't make it that I think should have made it. So it's just weird. I think honestly, I think they should obviously take fan vote into account. But coaches, players, and statistics, I think, should all play a factor in this and get really the best players in there. And it's still going to be most of the guys that made it, obviously. But some of them just happen to have better fan bases than others and got them voted in, even though I don't think they should have deserved to have been there. So that's just me. I'm, I'm, you know, that's... That's just a little rant about I don't know how this all gets played out, but I think it needs to be changed. Um, Like I said, something's got to be done there, but it's still going to be a fun game to watch. It always is. Um, Honestly, I think I agree with Kenny the Jet Smith from last year, and he said that the three-point contest should be the highlight of the night. It used to be the dunk contest. And after the Zach Levine, Aaron Gordon, when I was thinking, oh, we're heading nowhere but up from here, that was incredible. And then since that, since that slam dunk competition, it's just slowly gone downhill. So the skills competition should be followed by the dunk contest and then the three-point contest because that's where the game's at anyway right now. As teams are shooting more threes than twos. And everybody always gets hyped up for the three-point contest. So until... The slam dunk contest gets back to the glory days where they were every they were making every dunk they had in their repertoire, and it was just crazy hype. Put the three point contest at the end. Let that be the highlight of your night. And then the all star game is always fun because you know, like I said, the defense isn't necessarily there. But last year they turned that defense on, especially in the fourth quarter, because. You know, they had a certain point, they had a certain thing they had to, or point level they had to get to. I think what it was is you have your, whatever the score was at the end of the third, the first to score, whatever the, it was like the highest, whatever the highest score was, you add 24 to it and that's the end of the game score. I liked it. So people were really playing defense and really trying to get into it, and it was fun to watch. So I'm looking forward to that. That'll be fun. Um, I'm looking forward to my Duke Blue Devil game tonight. Duke's kind of starting to play better. Their freshmen are playing better. You know, I'm a big Duke uh, college basketball fan, so they're playing Miami tonight, who's ranked. Duke and North Carolina and Kentucky are not ranked. I don't know when the last time that was, but that's kind of crazy. But I think Duke's on the rise. They've got a lot of freshmen. Uh, and Derek Whitehead just got hurt again. He's a number one freshman in the nation, number two, something like that, coming in. Derek Lively's starting to play good. Kyle Filipowski is playing out of his mind still. Uh, Tyrese Proctor, who reclassified, he could still be in high school this year. He's coming along. And then you've got uh, you got a, two grad transfers, and you got Jeremy Roach, and that's your play. That's who plays. So we're very freshman dominated. So I think they kind of got shell shocked for a while. I mean, it's been a while since I haven't seen Duke 
in the top 25. And they got a new coach this year, but John Shire's coaching probably just like Shashevsky. That's who taught him how to coach. So I think they're turning around. It'll be a big test tonight against number 25, I think, is where they're at, Miami. If we can come away with that one, we're slowly working our way back up the ACC. So I'm excited about that. Uh, Georgia doesn't look bad. Their basketball team doesn't look bad this year. So um, basketball, college basketball season's in full swing. And, uh, you know, we're not far away from March Madness, which is just an amazing thing to watch. I can't wait to see who's the Cinderella team this year. I think here in the next couple episodes, I'm going to do a whole episode about uh, college basketball and the big uh, the March Madness and see if I can try to pick maybe my maybe one or two teams that I think might be my Cinderella team this year to get to Sweet 16 or Elite 8 or, heck, Final Four. We'll just see what it, what it takes. I mean, it would be cool to see. So, got that rolling along. Uh, baseball, we got spring training coming up soon. I'm also going to dive into a, a full episode on baseball here coming up. Hopefully my Braves can step it up. Dansby walked away, I know, but hey, I think we're going to be fine. I think we still need to go out and maybe, maybe sign another free agent outfielder. Uh, Jerickson Profar is out there. I wouldn't mind having him. He's a good glove. Speed on the bases. Um and we'll just see what we have to do. Von Grissom, I think, is going to have a good breakout season this year. So I'm looking forward to Major League Baseball starting back up. So it's a good time. Right now. Good sports. I'm loving it. I just hope that uh, hope to see some of my teams make some playoff runs and see what happens. Um, and we'll just go from there. But uh, uh, Georgia said it's G-Day game. I'm excited. Uh for that, I'm excited to watch that. Uh, Marvin Jones Jr. just came out today that he's going to miss all the spring because he's having surgery on the labor. But that's fine. Hey, get him healed up. Get him ready for next season because he really started coming on at the end of the season. So I really got I really think uh, Georgia has a real good shot at the three-peat, which would be unprecedented. Nobody's done it. So I'm looking forward to seeing how everybody looks in the G-Day game and keeping up with that and September can't get here soon enough, I can tell you that. But um, I just want to jump on here and get you know episode one, season two. We're getting closer and closer to uh, getting a new house, so I'll have a office so I can start filming these and really getting into depth into this. Um, get my computer set up and getting everything ready to go. We're in a rental home, and it's just not big enough to do all that with animals and roommates and all that. So. Here soon, probably in the next month or so, we'll be able to uh, start filming these things and keep putting them on uh, Spotify and Anchor, but also getting them up on YouTube and Facebook and try to Facebook Live some stuff and uh, just see how this thing goes. But uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for any, any and all support. And uh, hey, sports are still in full effect. I can't wait to go watch this Duke game and watch the rest of these sports and watch this Super Bowl this weekend. So, uh, Everybody have a wonderful week. Hope it started off great. And uh, we'll see you on the next one.